The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com. Okay, let's read. Let's read uh, verse 22 and following real quickly. Then I'll go back and do some explanation here. Like Nehemiah behind a wood pulpit. And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life. What you shall eat, neither for the body what you should put on. The life is more than meat. The body is more than remnant, clothing. I remember when I was uh, early married and younger than that even, I was, this was a problem. You know, when you're young, you don't have anything. Uh, you don't have any occupation. You don't have any real knowledge of how to make a living, how to feed yourself. This, this, is, this is real. This is real. And it was on my mind. But what's Jesus say? Consider the ravens. For they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn. God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than fowls? Which of you, by taking thought, can add to his stature one cubit? If ye then be not able to do that thing which is least, uh, interesting, you know, he calls that least, why take ye thought for the rest? Consider... The lilies, how they grow, they toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory, ivory throne covering gold, was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass, which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink. And this is really the phrase that I want to emphasize as the title of the sermon. Neither be ye of doubtful mind. Neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after. But your father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But rather, seek ye the kingdom of God. And all these things shall be added unto you. Many people through the years struggle with a doubtful mind or a mind that is anxious or full of worry or inordinate care. This thing of a doubtful mind or anxiety is a quiet but ruthless adversary gnawing away at the peace that God wants you and I to have. It's an insult to the God of all that is that you as his child would be a worry ward. It's an insult to God. It's an insult to his power. It's an insult to his ability to care. 
it's an insult to his word, which says don't do it. Amen? It's enough for me when God says just don't do something. Don't do it. Don't do it. The fact that Jesus takes so much time and so much space in his teaching about it tells the depth of the problem. Uh, We are prone to worry or doubt. We are prone to take thought and to fret. Some more than others, I'll agree. But generally speaking, we can be prone to forget the most obvious things in lieu of the doubt we are having Years ago, and preacher boys at Bob Jones University, Dr. Bob III came in and shared with us how for two years he went through doubt and anxiety and struggle. Now, here he is, the grandson of Bob Jones Sr. that had been used of God to go across America, over 350,000 converts in his ministry. And here he's the son of Bob Jones Jr., really a, a man of God in his own right, the love of the Lord, preacher. And here he said, I had doubt. I was ashamed of myself. And he struggled with it. And he warred with it. He battled with it. And he begged God to help him and overcame it by the grace of God. But doubts can hurt you and overcome. Doubts get bigger than life. Worry, you can use the word anxiety or, or worry, whatever you like, but it's the same meaning. Doubts will grow uh, with the handling of them. The more you roll them over, the more you meditate on the potentiality of it all, the more you may get scared and the more you'll start wanting to be anxious about it, the more you want to worry about it. Doubts are energy takers. They are motivation wasters. They will take you down where you don't want to go outside and face the world. Doubts will take the very desire for you to live away from you. It'll change the blue sky day to a dark stormy day. Doubts take the joy out of living, replace it with emotional pain. Doubts want to rule as a ruthless taskmaster over you. They're, uh, uh, you know, they're violent. Doubts violent. And it's taking over. My mother, in her latter years, my mother struggled with uh, this area. This was a war zone for her her whole life. And I watched it the time I was home. I watched the struggle. Though she loved the Lord, wanted to do the right thing, believed God was who he said he was. But it was her war zone. In the latter part of her life, she went through a period of time where she got back into Awful anxiety, awful anxiety. And I would pray with her day after day after day, say, you know, God's going to take care of you, Mom. It's going to take care of you. It's going to be okay. You say, old people, man, you young people, you young people think you got stuff to worry about. You know, I got no money. I got no education. You know, I got maybe a little education, but I got no money. I don't, you know, I, I don't have anything accrued. I, I, I don't even have a, a two tools to my name. And the rest of these old boys, they got five tools deep. Let me tell you, I've seen doubtful mind, anxiety attack old people maybe more than I have young people. I've had numbers through the years, numbers of old people say, how am I going to make it? How am I going to live when I get old? Well, especially when you lose your mate like Marilyn. Um, Mark Doran was a can-do, go-getter, shaker, uh, and a mover, brother. I mean, he, he didn't know what don't do it meant. He took his... 
Brother Bob, up there north of, of Prince Rupert, there's that little road that goes all the way up to the Alaskan Highway. He took off with his motor home, pulling that big trailer. Didn't know where he was going. Didn't know if there's ever going to be a turnaround on that thing. Went out that thing like there's, with a big old motor. You can't turn around that big old 40-foot motor home with a 20-foot trailer. Brother, you don't just turn around a little anywhere. And this is the old narrow road where it will say there's not gas for 100 miles. And not only is there not gas, there's no people. And you'll see somebody go by once every half hour or so. Somebody may go the other direction. I mean, it's, it is in the wilderness up there. But he's up there going, man, I want to see what's going on up here. I want to see what's up here. Well, man, why don't you take the Volkswagen out of the back of the trailer, park the thing, and go up there and take a look. You don't take your home with you. That was Mark. He didn't know fear. He didn't struggle with this. But Marilyn, now he's gone. This is going to come on her. It's going to want to come on her. And a lot of you girls, as your men die off, that took care of you and, and were there for you and, and, and was, was a solid rock in your marriage. When they're gone, but the devil's going to come by whispering, oh, you'll know he's there. You can smell him. He'll come by with, now what you're going to do? How you going to make it? Who's going to take care of you? What's going to happen? Well, we don't. You talk about take all your energy. It'll take all your holy helium and go, it's gone. You just won't have any energy to go do nothing. You'll just be, oh, oh, help me, help me. Man, it insults the God that made you and all made everything you see, feel, touch, and all your senses uh, uh, notice. It insults him when he says, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be for you. When you sit there and bite your fingernails and worry yourself and won't won't go to sleep and won't, you're, you're, don't, don't do it. He tells us how. He tells us how. Doubts can be overcome. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Oh, you have little faith? He says doubts can be overcome. You don't have to live with that demon. And I believe it is a demon. You don't have to, you don't have to suffer with that demon. You don't have to allow him to rule over you and spoil your days. Listen. Teach us to number our days. We only got so many days here. Enjoy every day by the grace of God. Jesus commands us, and if you look in the, you know, you, some people, when they preach, they want to give the, you know, the case of the Greek and all the other stuff and show how much they know about that. I could do that. But why would I do that? i just tell you what it means. That way, I'm not puffing myself up in front of you, telling you how much I know about the Greek, because you don't know what a subjunctive is anyways. You don't know what a present linear is. You don't know what an aorist is unless you took Greek. But what, the, what it says is real clear is stop being anxious. That's what he said. Take no thought. Stop being anxious. Now, look, when Jesus gives a direct command to you, do it. I'm not going to be anxious anymore, Lord. I give it to you. If I die, I die. I'll say this. If I starve to death, I'll take my little bony finger and point it towards heaven and say, you failed me, God. But trust me when I tell you, God will not fail you. He will not fail you. God does not command something that he will not and does not have the power to do. It's been said, wherever God guides, God provides. 
David in his life, and he was an old man. David lived 72 years old. He was an old man. He says, I, I was young, but now I am old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken for their seed begging bread. He was an old man, 72. Some of you guys, what's that make you? Ancient. Stop being, don't, don't. God commands us. He empowers us. We can depend on His Holy Spirit to help us. Now, I'm not saying He doesn't like to bring you to the brink. I'm not saying that He doesn't like you to hang ten toes off the end of the surfboard. I'm not telling you that He doesn't bring it looking like we're all going to die. But He wants to see if you'll trust Him even when things look hopeless. Even when it appears that there's no hope, nobody's going to come to your rescue. God will come to his children, and he'll help them. I remember my parents were, my parents were uh, self-employed most all of their life, all of my adult life. And when you're self-employed, it's beautiful. You work twice the hours for half the money. And I tell people that, that look at self-employed people and say, oh, that's just so wonderful. I say, it's not as wonderful as it looks. I've been on the inside of self-employed. And the responsibility and everything drops and the insurance and the liability and all of the and employees messing up and all this other stuff. And I remember my mom and dad, I remember when mom and dad would have these discussions at night. Now, look, you people with kids, never in your life do you have better hearing than when you're a child. You know? They can hear a pin drop in a windstorm. You shut your little bedroom door, start talking about stuff. It's like they're in there with you, man. They know what you're talking about. Listen, if you want to say something your kids don't hear, you've got to leave. you got to take them over to Moon's house, drop them off, and leave. And get in your car, and then just shout it out, talk it out, work it out. But don't bleed on them. Because, you know, kids sometimes don't have the maturity to understand what's going down. And they don't know the Bible like you know it. And so they can't cope like you can cope. And I remember my mom saying, I'm like eight years old, you know. My mom saying, Ori, what are we going to do? We're going to lose everything. Where will they live? Ori, they're going to come put us out on the street. And I'm an eight-year-old going, I ain't going to be able to. Live, I ain't gonna be able to eat. My dad, I love the guy. He said, It's gonna be all right. God's gonna take care of it. She'd just get hysterical sometimes. You know, and, and evidently didn't care if I heard or not. My dad, he went with World War II, he hit a fourth fourth of Saipan, the first wave of, of Tinian. And, and got credit for Okinawa. I never got a scratch. Got back home, hitchhiked halfway across America, and never got. He figured if he made it through that, there was a God, he was going to be all right. This area of worry must be, in, in some cases, number one struggle. How we'll live, how we're going to eat. Will I be able to buy any more shoes to match my outfit?
Life is more than shoes. And every man said, Life's more than clothing. Life's more than jewelry. Life's more than the doghouse, which is where you're going for saying amen. Life is more than, look, I'm quoting verse 23 almost. Life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Raiment meaning shoes and clothing and jewelry and, and all the hair and the nails. Oh, I didn't get to get my nails done this week. It'll be all right. You'll live through it. <laughs> Way too much time spent on our appearance anyway. Life's bigger than your necessities. Life is bigger than your needs. Life's bigger and larger than your selfish thinking. We are put here for an eternal purpose. Amen, folks? We have a, an eternal purpose for being alive and breathing God's air and eating God's food. Jesus gives us a series of illustrations in verses 24 through 28. Pretty straightforward stuff. I love his teaching. He says, first of all, consider the ravens. I was up passing tracks out in my super secret place, and there was about... I'm going to say 200 ravens or crows. It's a big family. It's a, ravens a big family. It's a big family. Up in, up in Canada, they got these big, big blackbirds. I don't know what they call them things. But anyway, I always call all of them black and a bird. Black bird. And uh, he says, consider them. They don't, they don't have any ability to provide for themselves, really, other than they get up every morning and go out working. They get up. Hey, they do get up and go out to work. Birds get up, go out to work. When it gets dark, they go to bed. Not a bad example. Some of you night owls up there playing video games and letting your wife go to bed without you, God have mercy on your soul. You've got a woman, go to bed with her. I've had women come to me and say, my husband, he don't go to bed with me. He stays up and plays video games at 2 o'clock. Somebody needs to kick his butt. I'll start. You say, he's big. I'll have Miller do it. Miller and Gillespie take on anybody in the whole place. Come on, folks. You got married. Women shouldn't be coming to your preacher saying that. You should be a better husband than that. You should care about your marriage and tell you, you, you start having an attitude, boy, who knows what the devil's going to do. Now look at the ravens. They get up early. They go hunt for their food. God provides their food. There's nothing wrong with work. If a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. God's never telling you to be lazy. God's telling you to get up and work a full day, do everything you can. But don't worry at the end of the day. Don't worry. Because it's not good. How many, how many people here have been improved by worry? I mean, come on. Think about it. Oh, I worried. It made me feel better. No, it doesn't make me feel better. Doctor here, he probably sees a lot of his patients because they just are worried. It makes your blood pressure go up, I've heard. I've read it makes your blood pressure go up. <clears throat> then he says, consider the lilies. The lilies... <laughs> I like flowers. I like them. I love to see the architecture of God Almighty in those flowers. 
I am still wowed by flowers. I am I I look at I look at some of the orchids, especially orchids, and I just go, how could you ever put those colors together and they look that good? And I think, God, you did that. And he says, Yes, I did that, and I'll take care of you. Woo! Glory. He said, In fact, I made those blue, I made those orchids bloom. I took care of all the whole thing. I caused the rain to come in its season. I had the sun come up and give them enough light. I had the wind blow and dry them off so they wouldn't get root rot. I took care of them without you. I used to, uh, when I went hunting, I would do what they call slow walk. I would have my 30-round clip, mini 14. Oh, yes, I'm very sportsman. In Florida, it's legal. So I have 30-round clip, many 14, 223. And I would walk down game trails, a big two miles by one mile. Nobody, it was this wilderness of two miles by one mile. And I would find a game trail, and I would walk down this game trail. You know, you walk, when you walk, you walk real slow and quiet. Don't, and you're waiting for, I was hunting hogs, wild boars specifically, the ones with the big tushes, some 200, 250 pounds. And I would walk along those game trails looking for those wild hogs. And sometimes those game trails go right through the middle of a cypress head. Now, these cypress head have never been inhabited. Nobody's ever lived there. Now, you can't say that for much, much in anything in the world, that nobody's ever lived there. But I was pretty sure that nobody's ever lived in these cypress heads. And I was pretty sure these cypress heads go back to the flood. And I would go into Cypress Head, and it may be a mile in and a mile from any other human. I may have been the first human being to get into that thing. I mean, I'm naive a little bit, but maybe the first human being ever to walk through that thing. And I'm in there, and it's kind of mystical as you're walking through this Cypress Head. And I would look, and there were, I think they're lilies. I think they're cypress lilies. They grow wild. And they're, they're, they're these flowers. What kind of flowers are they, Kathy? Irises. Well, that's why I married her. She's a smart woman. <laughs> irises. Irises growing out in the middle of nowhere. Who planted them? Who took care of them? They're beautiful. The whole middle of the cypress head would be these flowers, these beautiful irises. Have you seen irises? I don't know the difference between an orchid and an iris or any of that stuff. To me, it's just a beautiful flower. And I'd go over there, and I'd just sit there in awe, thinking that this, this cypress here where I'm standing has about three foot of water in it most of the year. But when that water dr dries out during the height of the dry season, these flowers come up. That's the God we worship. He's going to take care of you. He says, consider. word consider means to meditate on, to roll that thing over in your mind some. That's what I'm trying to tell you what I do. When I looked at those flowers, I sat there and stopped, and I rolled that thing over in my mind. God did this. God maintained this. God did it. Why did he do it? Just so I could see it. But before me, he did it. When you go diving and see the reef and the fish and all that, and you go, wow. Nobody saw this before Jacques Cousteau, 1948. You mean to tell me that beauty's been down there for centuries, for millenniums, and the only people that have seen are those people that could dive and have some sort of a lens over their eyes so that you could focus, and that's probably been since about 1948, unless it was before the flood. And all of that has been there. 
and God has made that for his own enjoyment, and then he lets you in on it. Wow. Consider your inability to change anything by doubting. That's what he says in verse 25, 26. Don't take thought. It won't add to your stature one cubit. Jesus using a, I think it's an absurd, in, in literature it's called an, a method of exaggeration to get people's attention. You can't add to your height one cubit. A cubit could have been 18 inches. You can't add to your height. Of, of course you can't add to your height. It's absurd that you could add to your height. You can't add to your height. To God, he said, that's easy. In fact, he even said, adding to your height's the least. Remember, right? He said, the least thing. The least thing. He said, if you can't do the least thing, that is, add to your height 18 inches. He says, what are you worried about the rest of this stuff? Because that means you can't do much else. And amen? How much is in your control tonight? How much is in your control tonight? Not much, amen? You're going to go, are you going to make it all the way home safe? You're going out to Lehigh. You're going to make it all the way home without a drunk wiping you out? Are you going to make it all the way home without a big, without a flat, without one of your tires blowing? You're rolling four or five times over into the cypress shed and laying there till morning? That's a picture. But don't worry, brother. Don't spend your precious time being consumed about the now and now. That's what he's saying. Don't be overly consumed about this life and the things we go in this life and the necessities of this life, eating, what we're going to wear and all that stuff. And in the last verse he said, be concerned with the kingdom of God. The only thing eternal we're actually going to do is that's what's for the kingdom of God. And so he says, have your mind set on the kingdom of God. Lift up your eyes off of the, the hubbub of making a living, the hubbub of providing food for your family, the hubbub of the, of the work, and lift your eyes up. You have a bigger purpose than just making food money and necessity money. It's bigger. You are an eternal child of God as a born-again believer, and you are a servant of the living God, and he wants you to go tell somebody about Jesus. The purpose is so much bigger, so much higher. He wants you to take a gospel track and slip it in a car or leave it somewhere uh, or do something. He wants you to do something for him, for the kingdom of God. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. We're not here to just fill up space. Unbelievers, he said, they're consumed with the now and now, aren't they? They are. They're consumed with the here and now. They're consumed with this life. They're consumed with the economy. They're consumed with the world's things. He said, the world passeth away in the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And I know young people, I know what's on your mind. The devil will come by and say, how am I going to live? What am I going to do? You know what? You don't even have to mull them questions over. Those are non-questions. God's going to take care of you. And 50 years from now, when you look back, you're going to say, God took me through it all. And a lot of you in this room can say that tonight. You can, some of you can look back 75 years and say, God has taken me through it all. What unnecessary time I spent worrying about it when I should have just been simply trusting and obeying doing his will, being concerned about the kingdom of God. 
because God's taken me through it all. There was a song written years ago, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Are you caught in a trap tonight? Are you caught in this worry trap? Are you caught in this anxiety trap? Are you caught in the question, the 99 question trap? What's going to happen? What am I going to do? There's nothing wrong with planning. There's nothing wrong with doing what we can do. But when it's all over, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on thine own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and what? He's going to take care of you. He's going to direct your paths. He's going to take care of you. Have confidence in the God that saved you. The devil, when Jesus came, virgin birth. Look at the way the devil orchestrated that. He tried to kill him from day one. He tried Herod to kill him. He tried all these other things to do. He had he had her big with child. Uh, they called the, the tax. You had to go down to Bethlehem to report here. Mary's like walking like, you remember walking like this, girls? I think I got that down, don't I? You got to lean back. It's weight count, weight the counter. And old Mary's on that donkey. How would you like to ride in a donkey? That no wonder she had the baby at Bethlehem. By the time she got to Bethlehem, she's ready. And then they go in an old stall somewhere, an old nasty stall. Oh, the manger is so sweet. No, it wasn't. It was a place where the animals were kept. It was the lowest of the low. It was where the poorest of the poor would go. And right there she gives birth to this child that was prophesied to be Jesus, the Savior of the world. Oh, God took every, took care of every bit of that, didn't he? Every bit of it. He took him through all that. The devil tried to kill him, tried to stop him, tried, and, and eventually crucified him, thinking, I believe the devil thought when he crucified him, he won when he really lost. Some things are going to look like, oh, we're shot, when you aren't going to be shot. God's going to come through. God, and, and by the way, if he decides to let me leave this old world, I'm good. I'm good with it. I mean, if you hear the rumor that Bill I tells passed on, don't be sad about me. Be sad for you that you didn't get to go with me. Because uh, Mark and I will be having a good time by the grace of God. With all those people, I buried over 150 people here. I'm looking forward to seeing them again. I'm looking forward to hug old Jim McCullum one more time. I'm looking forward to hug old Ernie Stewart one more time. I hope he's not as grouchy in heaven as he was, but. Father, help us tonight. May we not be anxious for tomorrow. May we not take no thought for tomorrow. Father, help us. I've struggled with this demon. I've wrestled with him. He's tried to keep me up at night. Some nights he wins. Some nights he won. He's won. Kept me up. Wasted a good night's sleep. Wondering on something I had no control over. Father, I just, I've asked you to forgive me of those nights and ask you to help me, to trust you, to be able to lay a pillow on my head and believe that there's a God, the angel of the Lord is looking over me. In fact, uh, there may be a very angel right by my side in the bedroom. Father, we pray that the Spirit of God would give us this assurance. Help us. There could be some here struggling with this. May tonight they say, I'm not going to worry one more day. 
I'm not going to go through a, a doubtful mind one more day. I'm not going to do it. I'm giving it to God. You're going to have to give it to God and give it to God and give it to God until He comes. Help us, O oh God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand.